to CAI Keystones, Wine on Wednesday, presented by M&T Bank. M&T Bank is proud to offer solutions for condominium and homeowners associations. Whether your condominium or homeowners association is renovating, making common area repairs, or seeking additional financing, M&T can provide customized solutions designed to help meet the needs of your association. For more information, contact Don Carney at dcarney at mtb.com. That's K-E-A-R-N-E-Y. Or visit www.mtb.com. Delighted, as always, to be joined by Maria Elena Solis, CMCA AMS PCAM from Penco Management Incorporated, Joe Geiger, CMCA AMS PCAM from Associate Mid-Atlantic, Patty Walton, CMCA AMS from Associate Mid-Atlantic, and of course, Rosie Brophy, CMCA AMS from Access Property Management. Hi, ladies. How are you today? Good morning. Very good. Good morning. Great to to hear from you again, as always. So, ladies, we have some exciting news. We have a sponsor for Wine on Wednesday. So, the big the big news for this episode is uh, that Wine on Wednesday, for the uh, rest of this year at least, will be sponsored by M and T Bank. Our good friend Don Kearney uh, from M and T emailed us and said, "Hey, we love what you're doing. We love the episodes." To become, we'd like to become a sponsor. So thank you yeah. to Dawn and M&T. And, and thank you, Dawn. Thank you, Dawn. That's very, very sweet. Kind Absolutely. The support from our business partners is incredible. And we are so honored. We've, we, we have got some great feedback from, from a lot of our members. Uh, you know, John Katz is the is a longtime okay, fan of the show, um, and Dawn is too. And um, so we're very grateful uh, to M&T Bank and to Dawn for their support. Yeah. Uh, today's episode, we're going to focus on elections, how to run them, how to secure a quorum, voting electronically, uh, meet the candidate sessions, etc. So let's get started. Did any of you have a chance to attend our webinar earlier this year on the new electronic voting process? That dealt with- yes. uh, Yes. New house yes, we did. Okay. Yeah, it was great. Marshall, uh, Stefan, and Diane. Was it Diane? For first yes. Time? I think it was Diane. Awesome job. Yeah, they did a great awesome job. Awesome job. Yeah, so that was Marshall Grainer, Stefan Richter, and Diane Wolfarth, uh, who practices out in, in the Pittsburgh area. So let's talk a little bit about um, electronic communication and voting. Do your, the bylaws for the communities that you manage, do they allow for electronic communication and electronic voting? Some of mine do and some don't because there were just old communities that at that time, the technology did not exist. But I think most current um, uh, declarations as the developers are instituting them, they're already covering them. I mean, I have one community from 2000 and it already included electronic voting and electronic meetings. So this transition for us was nothing. Yeah, same for me. And in fact, we're redoing uh, documents for a community that's 50 years old and bringing it up to current standards and adding all the electronic voting in. Um, But somehow Stefan worked around it for us and we've been doing electronic voting probably for about four years now, ever since the pandemic. So there must have been some kind of verbiage that he was able to work around, but he said we we were good. I think if your documents are older, like mine are, um, and like she was saying, 50 years old, it's silent. That's true. It's That's- silent. So you're not doing anything against anything. Right. Like they didn't even know to put them in, <laughs> no, in there. No. <clears throat> Nana? 
I had, I had a problem with a 50-year-old community. It was a condo. And Stefan worked around the documents. And he referred to uh, the corporate law. You know how associations are incorporated? Uh -huh. So uh, he took advantage of that of that law and they allow electronic voting. Yeah. But uh, in my documents at the community that I am right now, they specifically say that it has to be delivered in person or by certified mail. So that is expensive. Yes. And not to mention that it also calls for a secret ballot. So the mailing itself is just brutal and a waste of time. Yeah. So, so Maria, have you recommended to your board that they make a corrective amendment to change the bylaws to, to allow for electronic voting? And, and is that something, uh, if you have, is that something they've been receptive towards? Absolutely. That was like my introduction letter to them when I started managing. Well, and now that is uh, really a corrective amendment, you don't need a vote of the owners. That's easily changeable. So the, the thing is that it is the act states per associations 500 and above. Mine is only 120. So right. it is not mandatory to adopt. It. So we are willing to do it. So we are going to start working with Stephanie. Uh, no, 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 no. no? The $500 limit on um, the $500. <laughs> The 500 unit limitation is to allow for electronic voting. Amending your documents falls under the new act 115 and that any association can do regardless of the number of units. So do check with your attorney. Don't take my word. Yeah. But that's how I truly understood the process. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm definitely working with Stefan. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. I, mean, I, I appreciate that caveat, uh, uh, Rosie, that, the caveat that, you know, none of us saw on this uh, conversation, yeah. our attorneys, we just That's play right. them on TV. That's right. Right. So, yeah, always, always seek uh, legal advice from your, from your legal counsel, for sure. Yeah. I have a hard time getting quorum anymore if I don't use electronic voting. You make, it just makes it so easy. Uh, well, I mean, I um, don't have electronic voting and... Uh, with Morgandale and um, they didn't want to pay the extra money for it because we do get a quorum and I think it's just unusual because I'm on site yeah. and we have hand we have a staff that delivers yes. and when people come into the office we're putting the ballots in front of them we also <laughs> offer um, a gift card a $50 gift card to Wawa if you turn in your ballot and then your name is pulled you're like in a drawing yeah um, and then usually a few days beforehand, if we don't have the numbers, we'll, we'll call like all of our investors who have like 10 communities, 10, 10 homes there. And we'll say, you know, we need your votes. Right. right. So we do go out and solicit. But I, I mean, I'm not a portfolio manager. I don't I, if I was a portfolio manager, I would absolutely be going in, you know, forcing, not forcing, but highly recommending them pay for um, electronic because it is a cost. Correct. Oh, yeah. Right. So we don't, we don't. Yeah. Vote HOA now for one of my communities, 309 is about $700 for the first one. And then if they do an amendment or something during the year, they get a break. 
Yeah. Did you find that when you looked into it? Uh, you know, okay. So I had one community earlier this year that does not fall under the 500, uh, the, fi again, dollar, right. the 500 unit. Uh, it's only a hundred and something homes. Um, and they absolutely wanted to do the electronic voting because they really, really liked the idea of taking it away from management or the board or anybody tampering yeah. or any type of, you know, wrongdoing. So to be completely above and being a gold star community, they really wanted to go over and above with the requirements, even though they don't fall into that classification of 500 units. So when I looked into it, um, even though at the time we looked at it, obviously before elections, before candidate nominations came in, so not knowing how many people were going to participate as candidates, we just wanted to be prepared. So when I looked into it, you're right, the prices were ridiculously yeah. high. I mean, it was a little bit of a shocker to understand that whole election process because we had never, I had never done it for any of my other communities. So it was like a learning situation. Uh, but they're in a position that they can definitely afford it. So they were like, we'll be ready. Like, set it, we'll get the information, we'll be ready to go. So when you have multiple candidates for an election, <clears throat> do you currently organize and meet the candidates night? Um, and, and how does that process work for you? And, and how, do you, how do you conduct it? Go ahead, Maria Elena. I do, and I, I love I, it. But go ahead, Maria Elena. I would like to uh, just mention something before you have all these candidates. So when you send out the candidate sheet, I suggest that you give them questions. That way everybody answers the same questions. Mm -hmm. Because some people are very good at writing and they write a three page biography. Others are not that good and, you know, but they're very talented and very experienced but maybe they don't have good writing skills. So that is my recommendation. When you send out the candidate sheet, my questions usually are, what do you envision as the primary objective of the board of directors? How do you perceive you would be an asset in contributing to the overall operations of the association? Do you have any prior experience in homeowners association? Again, that's just an example. Mm -hmm. yep. But that way yep. you have apples to apples. Apples to apples, right. Agreed. Yeah. And so when you do the actual uh, meet the candidates night, how does that process work? Uh, is, is, do you do it the same way each time? Do you give each candidate an opportunity to, to make some remarks? Do you ask some questions? Do the, do the residents have the opportunity to ask questions? How does that work for, for your communities? Wine first. Have it done. Yeah. <laughs> first. first. All right. So I have done several. Perfect again. Yeah. No, I don't do one. Um, I've done several. So this is how, how I do them. <laughs> so once we 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 realize that we have more candidates than an open position, the the information sheets are printed or consolidated. I try to consolidate them into one Excel sheet so that way when a homeowner is reading them. They're all in one page and they don't have to get like five or six difference. I will also include the actual write-up, but I keep it consolidated in Excel yeah. format. And to me, it's, again, it's all about service, right? Um, and, and it's also, for me, it's a good record keeping because that way I don't have to go in, 
you know, read through each sheet. I can just go to my one master template when I'm done. So, okay, so all of that goes out to the homeowners. And um, before that, I reach out to the candidates, thank them for their volunteerism and explain to them we're gonna be holding a candidate night. Um, I set the date and, you know, they have to, to, to meet it. If we don't play tiki-taki, it is what it is. This is the date we're holding candidate night. Normally try to schedule it between a week, week and a half before elections. So that way you have plenty of time to get your ballots back. Um, it's always via Zoom. Okay. We do not rent uh, space Good. or hold it in person. It's just a Zoom. Everybody's invited, candidate night. They're all, um, depending on how many candidates is really the time that we allow. That way we could keep it brief, but we always try to keep meet the candidate night under an hour. So that way it's in everybody. The idea is to the homeowners, here's their biographies or their platforms. Please be ready to ask questions. This is your time to meet your new prospective board member. Um, so they have an opportunity to say hello and a, maybe four minute speech, just like this is it. I mean, everybody got my candidate, blah, blah, blah. And then questions from the floor. And I absolutely keep that time, whatever time guideline we set up at the beginning and then next candidate. And then thank you all very much. If you have any other questions, please send them in writing and I will disperse them how it is. And that night I send in the ballot to everybody so everybody can start voting. And that's when we start collecting votes and proxies. Mm -hmm. So it works very well. It has been very well received, even with my, over, actually, I think the first time I did it was with an over 55 community. Amazing. And the homeowners were so thankful. They're yeah. like, you know, this really works nice because I didn't even know so-and-so lived in this corner and they happened to be my neighbors. So yeah, it, love I it. would almost think it would work better in an over 55, to be honest. Mm, well, because they're also involved. They're very right? involved. Mm -hmm. And usually have more candidates. I mean, I have a hard time. Most of mine are uncontested elections. Most of them. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So are mine. I mean, yeah. Our volunteer members are, are, are in it for the long haul. I agree. And it's yeah, lovely really working are. with them. Oh the one thing that I just want to add about this whole election thing with the, with the electronic voting and having the, the, the independent reviewer will be your electronic voting because everything's going to them. They are verifying that the votes are coming in. You can, when you do the setup, you decide if it's a secret ballot. So that way you won't even get to see who right. that person voted. Right. right. You just get the results. So what I really, really like about this entire process is that you take away nominations from the floor. There is nothing worse for a manager when you come fully prepared to your annual meeting with the one candidate for the one open seat, but your bylaws presently allow for nominations to the floor. And then your entire thing gets derailed because you have a couple owners that put in their name and you're like, oh my God, oh my God. Mm -hmm. So, but, but the good thing about this new process in with the electronic voting and why it takes it away is because you're going through the trouble of sending out your candidate nominations. You're going through the trouble of setting up candidate night. Then you're going through the trouble of actually collecting your ballots. So every homeowner has an opportunity to run for the board, submit their name, and be heard by their neighbors in their candidate night, and then get the vote. When you do nominations from the floor, it 
only applies to the people that are That's in right. attendance. Yeah. So you miss the opportunity of reaching out to your entire community and you're only subject to the people present. So nominations from the floor will never fly anymore because if you come to that meeting with enough proxy votes or ballots, whoever is there is, well, unless you have 100% attendance, which nobody ever has, yeah. That nomination from the floor is never going to go, go through anymore. So I really like this process. So even for the, the communities that have under 100 units or under the 500 units, absolutely change your bylaws and go through the system because it's going to make life so much easier for everybody involved. So you have to change your bylaws. Again, bylaws can be amended. Yeah. Regardless of the number of units, but check so you can eliminate yeah. the nomination from the floor at that time. Yeah, because the way that they write the the uh, the corrective amendment is, if enough candidates, right, you know, yes. run for the board, blah, blah, yes. blah, like that that uh, whole um, paragraph gets yeah. inserted. Yeah, we just I just I saw that. Yeah. I'm wondering if I need a corrective amendment. Um, do I need a corrective amendment if my documents are silent? Do I really check need with your attorneys? Check yeah, check with yeah. the car. <laughs> I like the part where um, if you if you have an uncontested election, it just by you ratify it, right? I mean, it's like awesome. Yes. Marie, yeah. you had your hand up. What you got? That uh, sometimes there are bylaws that are not easy to amend, like in this case, where I am right now, they're called code of regulations and they are recorded. And they, uh, so every amendment has to go to a vote. It's before the act. It's before it, the act it's called it's the code of the regulations. Yeah. It's your bylaws, but it's called code of regulations. And so it, it, it's so different. That's, that's different. Again, you have to go to your attorney. <laughs> yeah, so you really, for the, for the newer, managers out there you really need to look at your documents closely before an election how many days beforehand do you send the first notice how many days do you send the second notice um you can't send it too early and you can't send it too late so that's very important you can if somebody who's savvy about your documents can you know make the election invalid if you you know send your doc your uh, deliveries out too early. So that's my concern with the meet the candidates because we only have so much time between all of the mailings. So uh, I think it's a great idea. I never did it, but um, that would be something that, you know, would be, uh, have to be announced probably at the first meeting, the first mailing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To give it enough time. So be careful you know, with the new managers, be careful with the timing. You don't feel as though you need to get these these this notice out. Um, you know, uh, six weeks ahead of time because you might be just blowing it for the whole election. That's a okay. very good point, Jim. Yeah. Good job. We talked a little bit earlier about what you do if you have multiple candidates. Do you do a meet the candidates night? What do you do when you have no candidates? We uh, always have candidates. I, 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 you know, I have to say you that um, love working with us. Oh yeah, <laughs> we we have. I've had that on several occasions, and one recently where a board member moved. Of course, I loved him, and he moved. Um, and you know, we just could not 
find somebody. We put it out there and nobody said they were interested. So I said to the board, you have to start, like solicit. each one of you have to solicit, you have to call people, you have to call neighbors, you have to. So we did finally find somebody, but I think sometimes a personal phone call yep. uh, helps. That's yeah. what we do. We'll go out and look. Like usually it's that somebody is resigning and the board can yes. appoint them, which is great. Yes. And then we'll go out and we'll look. We'll, we'll look for candidates that people that we think that maybe were longtime committee members and, and do it that way and look for somebody. Well, on another way, I mean, we know our boards, we know our associations, we know if somebody's going to be moving or is no longer interested or, you know, they have problems at home and, it, you know, serving on the board is just a task that they just don't want to be involved for present time. We have time as managers to start looking and helping the board in forming that, that team that ultimately works with us. So another way that you can draw is from your committee members. So mm -hmm. if you have a board and committees, draw from those committees, uh, you know, start passing on the board like, hey, I think you would be great at the board. I mean, and we know our residents better than anybody. So, you know, we know who would be good, who would would, would we prefer not run for the board? So, you know, we can start developing and putting out fielders out there. Um, but I love my committees and, you know, there's always one or two that, you know, will be fabulous. And once you have that relationship with them, you can openly ask them, hey, I want to see your name when, we, when that candidate form comes out. So we can start doing some of that legwork um, to make sure we have candidates. So. I think that's a great suggestion, Rosie. You know, as you all know, CAI is, is run by a board, governed by a board as well. And, and, you know, our board members traditionally start off as committee members, committee leaders, they become a committee chair, and then they run for the board. So, you know, even, even an association like CAI, which is certainly different than a homeowners association or a condo association, but similar in a lot of regards, we do the same thing. That's where our leaders are, start and then they move their way up. So I think it, that's a great suggestion. Uh, another thing that I would just like to throw out there to, to managers, in order, um, I know that sometimes um, you panic when you're like, oh my God, I don't have quorum. We're coming to the meeting and that night you're asking your board members, go knock on your neighbor's doors and get some proxies. Be proactive, ladies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when that ballot and proxy goes out, uh, I have to, I'm going to give you a little trick that I just started and it's working out fantastic in your proxy ballot form, come up with a polling question to all of your owners. That will that. entice them to then respond. And it can be anything. I love that like, idea. Do you think that we should change all the lights in the community? Which or something fun. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or something fun. Yeah. Like in one, we just, uh, we have a stucco wall. So the polling question to our owners is, if we were to paint and uh, clean and paint idea. the stucco wall, would you like color beige, That's a great green, idea. dark brown, or open field? Let them put their own color. You know, get your community unit owners involved. If they feel that they have a say and a message to contribute, they are so likely to respond. So what you want to do is get them involved. And, and you know your community, ask your board, and you don't have to come up with the question, ask your board, 
board, why should we ask our members? What do you think is a ticking thing that they would like to know? Obviously, you know, don't don't put a question out there that you don't have the money to do. So keep it focused, but put that polling question out there. I Love just that. started it and I, well, I have to say, I've never had a problem with quorum with my communities, but I just, to me, is membership involvement and it's working out fantastic. That's awesome. Love it. Fantastic advice. All right. So Patty, tell us a, a little bit about our wine recommendation for this episode. So the one I picked today, I have to say I haven't tried, but my friend Mary Elena has. It's called Venus, V-I-N-U-S. It's a 2021 white wine from France with a very long name that I'm not going to try to pronounce, but it looks like, and tell me if I'm wrong, it looks like a nice crisp like spring wine, like something with the new season. Yes, it is very, very light yeah. and it bears well with appetizers. We love wine and appetizers. Sure, wine and dessert, wine and-, and, and We love French wine. <laughs> On Wednesdays. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so Venus is, is, is an easy name to remember. And, it, and it's inexpensive, yes. Yes. How much did you say uh, before we started recording, Maria Elena, for, for a bottle? I think it was around $9 to $10. Okay. That's a bargain. Let's all go it out It is here. a bargain. Yes. So go look for it. For it. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So you can, you can have a drink right before the election starts, and you'll be ready to go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's a wrap on this episode of CIA Keystone's Wine on Wednesday, presented by M&T Bank. Intro and outro music is Good Mood by Arch Music. For more from CAI Keystone, visit us on the web at www.caikeystone.org. On behalf of everyone here at White on Wednesday and CAI Keystone, Michael Shaw saying, let's meet here again real soon.